Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. Welcome in. Beamaz and Beamer here on WBEN. Hope you're having a good Tuesday, bright and uh, beautiful out there this morning. Joe, how's it going? Yeah, you know, Tuesdays always have that just that blah feel about them, Brian, but you know, it's the best hour of the day because I get to share it with you, so I'm feeling good. What a nice guy. Yeah, your mic's not on. That stuff happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even nicer. Just helping me out the whole time. So what a nice guy. He says that stuff all the time, not just on the air either. I know. I try to be nice. It's, uh, it's pretty good. Uh, Joe, I got to, before we uh, really dive in here this morning, I got to share this story with you. This is uh, out of Canada in the CBC. Um, you know, you can think back to, actually, the story's out of the CBC, uh, but this is from Tennessee. This is how news <laughs> happens now. Um, we all remember getting the syllabus, right? Yes. Or high school or college, you it's know, the best it's day of the of the year, the first day. All right, here's what to expect. You know, okay. Yeah. Do you want, why don't you just tell me? I'm not going to read this thing. <laughs> and you know, the professor knows you're not going to read this thing. They just have to do it. Right. I don't know why. It's part of the job description or something like that. It goes in the front of the binder. You get it on the first day. Yeah. And uh, and then maybe you go back to it. Maybe not. Probably not. Yeah. Well, this professor thought he uh, would come up with a good way to figure out if people read the syllabus or not. Tennessee music professor put $50 into a locker on campus, uh, buried the location and combination in the syllabus for his uh, performing arts class. So the semester is now over. The students have gone home, and the $50 has remained unclaimed. (laughs) So if anybody went through the syllabus, they would find the line inside there that said, hey, there's $50 for you to find in a locker. The locker combination, 147. The combination, 15, 25, 35. It's free to the first one who claims. No one read the uh, syllabus wow. to find that. Not one, not one, you know, because you think of all the classes you went to. I would always peg, you know, one or two people that yeah. would have definitely gone through the syllabus. That class had a bunch of Joe Beamer and Brian Mazarowski's. Well, I mean, how much? It's a performing arts class. Do you really need the syllabus and the, you know, a performing 
No need to read this stuff. That's true. That's true. You'll but, tell me what pages to read, right? But the lesson is now, read your syllabus. There might be 50 bucks. I, I think so. I think uh, next year is going to be the most read ever. But I'd thought, read anything for 50 bucks. I thought that was pretty interesting um, to see yesterday. Uh, and the other thing that I saw yesterday was all about the great northern grain elevator. Now, we saw a lot of uh, wind damage. Talks a lot about the wind yesterday, Joe. Uh, but this is one that I, it was almost unbelievable to see. Uh, kind of just like the uh, damage that was done to the woman's house right on the shore of Lake Erie. That's right. Where an entire wall just, poof, it's gone. Uh, wind caused damage to the north wall of the Great Northern Grain Elevator. It's owned by ADM Milling Company. And basically just blew an entire hole into the side <laughs> Of the building, it's really um, amazing if you, if you think about it. I to think that wind can do that, but as I talked about the chimney around the corner from That's me, right. it really says more about the construction and the upkeep of the structure than it does about the windstorm. Right? right, a chimney should withstand wind. Um, a grain elevator should withstand wind, even if it is gusting to seventy miles an hour. Right, uh, it, it has more to do with the upkeep. Well, now there is the call to restore this, and we want to bring in, when we talk about restoration, we want to bring in the person who knows uh, more about these structures than, well, just about anybody. That's uh, Tim Thielman, who is uh, joining us live now on the line. Uh, Tim, the Great Northern Grain Elevator, I think people can know what we're talking about if they had a picture, uh, but where is it and what is it? Why is this the great one? Yeah, yeah. First off, uh, good morning and thanks for having me. Um, the Great Northern is really, uh, it's the first elevator that people on the lake, uh, a sailor or a uh, lake freighter is going to see on the horizon. It's a giant brick box. That is uh, the best way to describe it. It's about uh, 300 feet long, about 70 feet uh, wide and about um, 100 feet high. And it's a it's a really magnificent structure, uh, you know, pioneering uh, type of grain elevator, and has been on the waterfront since 1897. It's, Tim, oh, it's so it's a big one. It's the first one that people see. Is it like the first one that was ever built? No, as you know, uh, you know Joseph Dart invented the grain elevator in Buffalo uh, in 1842. So there were a series of wooden grain elevators. But the problem with wooden elevators is number one, grain dust is combustible; that explodes, they burn down, and uh, wooden grain bins can't hold a lot of grain. But the Great Northern was a really huge advance because. A wooden grain bin can hold maybe 5,000 bushels, and each bin, and there are um, 30 giant uh, bins there, can hold 78,000 bushels of grain. So it was a huge advance, and it told people that, listen, the best, most economical way to store grain is in a tall cylinder, and that's what gave the world the thing we know is the grain elevator today. So it wasn't the first, but it was uh, one of uh, the first that was operated with electrical power, famously AC power from Nikola Tesla's um, dynamos in Niagara Falls, which really proved to the world 
that AC power was going to be uh, the method of electrifying the planet. Uh, you could transmit AC power a long distance, and proof of the concept was electrifying Ganson Street and the Great Northern and Electric Grain Elevator. So this is, and you know, before we get into the now part of it, I think it is kind of interesting to note that it's not the first time that the wind has blown a big hole in this building. You, you know, very good point, exactly. There was a Titanic uh, storm. Uh, people called it a cyclone in 1907, which was only 10 years after the elevator opened. And the wind pressure created some movement in, um, you know, probably one of the long walls pressing on the short wall on the south end and blew out a hole, which is a virtual mirror image of what happened on Saturday. So um, there's precedent. It happened before. And, of course, no one talks about it um, now because it was patched up and fixed and they were ready to rock uh, right away. And this is really critical. It has nothing to do with the structural ability of the elevator to stand because it's not part of the uh, structure. uh, It's not part of the... Um, uh, physical uh, structure of the building that keeps it up. What keeps it up is a steel frame and actually the steel bins themselves. That roof you see on it, which is iconic, it's a four-story high roof, uh, that's supported actually by the steel bins underneath. The walls were designed by the engineer simply to protect it from solar radiation. He wasn't sure how, you know, heating up in the sun would affect uh, the steel bins and a bit of uh, a rain screen uh, to protect it from rusting. So structurally, it has nothing to do with the elevator standing. So, Tim, that's what happened 10, uh, 10 years after it opened in 1907. What happened on Saturday night to, uh, to get to the picture that we are at now uh, at the uh, grain elevator? Well, uh, you, you know, uh, it has to be explored. Uh, uh, if the opportunity arises, we'll hire our own structural engineer to look at it. But, of course, ADM has an engineer looking at it, and the city is looking at it as well. Um, yes, high winds, but I think everybody who, who walks by, drives by, can look at the elevator and understand that the owner um, hasn't maintained it a lick in uh, over 30 years. And You're kidding. That is a, a terrible sore point. It's a city landmark. You can see, you know, you, me, and everyone else uh, in Buffalo or wherever you live is required to maintain gutters and downspouts. That's a real fundamental thing. And uh, ADM, which is a gigantic conglomerate the, you know it has revenues of 60 billion dollars a year profits of 16 billion um, won't spend a nickel on maintenance because it's wanted to demolish this building for over 30 years and thus far the city uh, the only citation that building has ever received to our knowledge is just what happened because of the uh, wall collapse um yesterday so or rather the wall collapse saturday but i think yesterday they received a um uh an order to repair um you know the 
emergency repair, which means make sure no more bricks fall from it. Um, secure the premises. So, Tim, ADM uh, moved out of there in 1981, but they still own the structure? Um, well, previous to that, it was owned by the Pillsbury Company. They owned that elevator. They owned the standard elevator on uh, the Buffalo River and the flour mill. Um, they tried, you know, various union-busting tactics, in fact, and so they they stopped using that elevator in 1981 and since then, grain has been trucked across the Buffalo River. If you're there, you'll see these grain trucks moving back and forth uh, during the day. Um, they use the standard to store their wheat. ADM bought it in 1993, and right off the bat, they wanted to demolish it. And, you know, part of it, you know, in there is, geez, we want to get rid of the union jobs of the grain shovelers union, the, the Teamsters, which do the trucking and automate, in fact, the entire elevator, which would eliminate more jobs. Um, so that's the issue. The grain elevator got caught up in that um, uh, um, action. And um, so ADM's owned in since 1993, but um, they have done no maintenance since then. All right. So now we'll fast forward to what's happened over the last few days. So you have this big hulking hole in a building that has not really been maintained at all in the last 30 years. I, I mean, it's a it's a big, ugly brick structure right now is what it is. Um, so I think we're at this crossroads when it comes to this grain elevator. And, and Tim, I think it opens up the discussion to a lot of the grain elevators we've seen. I, On one hand, it's an important part of the history of the Buffalo community, uh, the grain elevators and, and everything along the Buffalo River. On the other you want to see these things preserved and used. And if both aren't happening, is it worth having them stay up there and stick around? What would you like to see happen to this building? Well, well that's an excellent question. And, the you know, first off, um, we have to look at the affected neighborhood. That's the old first ward, you know, uh, kind of a legendary neighborhood in Buffalo for, uh, you know, the grain elevators and uh, the Buffalo River, the canals, um, the small manufacturing places. And there, it's a unique place. And it's not just unique within Buffalo. It's unique within the United States. It's a very important cultural landscape, which is largely defined by these really amazing structures all in one place. It's not geez, the Great Northern is great, or Concrete Central is great, or whatever. It's the combination of all of them along the city ship canal, along the Buffalo River, that, you know, I've led for uh, 35 years um, student groups and academic groups, architectural writers from around the world, around Buffalo, and what blows them away uh, to, to a person are the grain elevators. And so it is important to the identity of the city, and it's one of the images that we actually export uh, to the world. So it, it, it's, it's important to us culturally, and, you know, we can't just look at this as 
ADM's economics. ADM, you, you know, they, they could pay to fix this. Their insurance would pay to fix it. You know, it's crumbs off the tabletop for them. But for us, it's much more significant. And, you know, the, um, it was the largest grain elevator in the world. When Niagara Falls was being electrified and all these things were happening, this elevator appeared on the cover of Scientific American as, you know, the, uh, the fruit of the new industrial electrical age in America. Christmas Day, 1897, the cover is the Great Northern Elevator going up in, in Buffalo, New York. Uh, you know, it's a fantastic piece of our industrial and social history, and we simply can't let it go. It, 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 and you, you know what? Um, if you look at the location and everything, it's not standing in anybody's way. It could be uh, restored. It must be restored. It's a city of Buffalo landmark. Uh, we have a, uh, an owner who has been grossly negligent. And it, really the fate of this, guys, is in Mayor Brown's hands. I, I mean, ADM's a giant company. They couldn't care less, <laughs> really. Uh, uh, about uh, Buffalo in a sense, and uh, the mayor's got to stand up for us and say, listen, this is important to us. The mayor has the tools to compel the restoration of this elevator to the state where um, one would expect every citizen to maintain their property. And, you you know, uh, we've had buildings collapse uh, Ellicott Street, Oak Street, uh, we're looking at the cobblestone historic buildings, which are being uh, neglected. Um, this, this, unfortunately, is happening at a gathering pace. And we can't, one of the fundamental things for a city is, hey, make sure your buildings don't collapse. Well, you know, Tim, I think the, the big question here, though, is it would be great to have all these buildings up forever, and to you know maintain that historic structure if if they're used right um I, I mean is it worth keeping a building and you know congratulations on the magazine cover 100 years ago but is it worth keeping a building if it's not going to be used for anything you, you know we do it every day i mean thousands of landmarks whether they're museums or or buildings or uh whatever have, quote, no economic use and that they're not being used for the purposes for which they were built, but society um, deems it important to save. I I mean, you know, if you think about the Roman Colosseum or the pyramids, they're ruins. They haven't been used economically in 2,000 years and 4,000 years, but they become so important uh, for other reasons, socially, culturally, touristically. Uh, I, I mean, uh, so there are things that are important to save. And, um, you know, this unique cultural landscape on the Buffalo River is uh, woven into the warp and weft of, you know, certainly people who grew up in the old First Ward, who labored, uh, you know, on the Buffalo River and the City Ship Canal. And today, but by the way, these things are positive assets for the uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau. I mean, walk around the streets of downtown Buffalo and you see photographs of people kayaking in this otherworldly landscape uh, that's defined by the grain elevators. I, I, it's, it's 
a really unique asset that we owe it to ourselves to save um, because, believe it or not, other people from other places um, come and appreciate this, and they go home and they tell their friends. And, you know, it's, yes, we have buildings by Frank Lloyd Wright. We have buildings by Lewis Sullivan, but so do other cities. No other city on earth has a collection of grain elevators like Buffalo's. It was the largest uh, grain uh, storage and grain milling city on planet Earth. <laughs> you, you know, if that's not important to save, if that's not an argument uh, upon which to base a future economy, um, I don't know what is. And if you go to Riverworks, the entire magic of Riverworks, the recreational complex on the Buffalo River, is the uh, you're embedded within this wild industrial landscape and that's that's thriving even by the way guys when i was down there on saturday night holy smokes was it blowing out there riverworks was going full steam no and and tim riverworks is is great and it's uh it's great to look out there and see everything on the waterfront but let me ask you this you know obviously there's going to be a lot of money to repair the damage in your eyes is there something that could be done within the structure so yes this you want to save the structure people want like to uh like to go by it take pictures near it is there anything that could be done where people could go inside where it could be made something that would sustain itself uh not just sit empty on the waterfront yeah you 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 know what um a couple things that that someone once said to me you know tim if you look at these elevators what you have is just a very deep foundation and uh so you could use the ground floor because for example this is um there's like a steel chassis and these giant uh, bins are, are resting on top of that. So you can walk on a very large area underneath the bins and you can look straight up and, uh, and see these uh, towering uh, vessels. And then, of course, on the top, you, you, it could be modified so people can go in the working house at the top. And those are the prime areas, your ground floor and your top floor. And those both can be utilized Creatively, I mean, it would be absolutely wild to be able to, uh, you know, go in there and you can put it's a big space, obviously. So you can do some really wonderful things. And, um, you know, uh, up above, you're 100 feet and more above the landscape. And the views uh, from up there are truly spectacular. And those are big revenue producing things. So a creative uh, owner or a creative city that, uh, you know, nudges people along to this end uh, can achieve a really good outcome that um, can also produce um, economic benefits, job benefits uh, for the city. But, you know, you wonder whether ADM is the type of company that's going to do that. They're into moving big amounts of grain, pervert, uh, perverting it, uh, converting it into things like corn syrup and stuff. They're not urban visionaries. And so I, I think the Great Northern and maybe some other elevators, they need a, some concerted thinking perhaps led by the city or our congressional delegation. Brian Higgins uh, uh, is contacting the chairman of ADM, uh, urging him to, you know, do repairs quickly. 
uh, and meet on future uses. Uh, before him, Jack Quinn and going back to Henry Nowak have been very supportive of uh, keeping the Great Northern specifically. I mean, they've all been photographed uh, with uh, the Great Northern uh, there in the background. So we have a uh, 35-year history of very strong support at the uh, federal level. Well, hey, Tim, unfortunately, we're uh, running out of time and up against it here. But do want to thank you for joining us and kind of shedding some uh, historical light on the situation. Great Northern Grain Elevator we're talking about, which suffered a, a big blow in the windstorm. And Tim Thielman, uh, historian, preservationist, has been our guest here in the last half hour. Uh, your thoughts on this and, and what is to become of this and other structures that are underutilized in need of repair in Buffalo? Be Madison Beamer here on WBEN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's Beamaz and Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. It's a very Tuesday sounding song. <laughs> Welcome back. It is Beamaz and Beamer here on News Radio 930 WBEN, getting you started on a Tuesday morning where the sun is out and uh, everyone's in a good mood. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I just, uh, I'm going to save that last minute of you. Just <laughs> replay it. Quality airtime? Just, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, but we are talking about uh, some of the storm damage left over. You know, much like yesterday, we were examining, you know, what would you do? What would cause you to tear down your home, to move out of it? Uh, when a woman who lived on the shore of Lake Erie, her wall was completely ripped off because of that storm. A very similar thing happened to the Great Northern Grain Elevator. If you don't know uh, which one we're talking about, it's the big, ugly one. Uh, like the really big, ugly one. Uh, not that one, the other one. Uh, no, it's, it looks like uh, it's almost like shaped like a barn. It yes. uh, looks less like a grain elevator because the silos aren't exposed. Well, they are now. Because the uh, exterior yeah. wall is a humongous hole in it, uh, but it is one of the one of the oldest ones, one of the biggest ones here in Western New York, and it uh, suffered some pretty big damage over the weekend. And it brings up the question of what to do with this structure, right? It's a time like this where it's at a crossroads, where it is, I, I it, it it can go one of two ways. And 
I'll put out there, Mike, we talked with Tim Tillman uh, to get a little bit of the history, a little bit of his thoughts on the situation. And uh, Tim, as we all know, Tim is uh, very into preserving all these parts of history. And I'll let you know where I stand on this. And I love the history of the grain elevators. And I love that we still have them here in Western New York. I think it's a great look. I think it is fantastic, just like Tim said, if you're have ever taken a boat or a kayak through that area along the Buffalo River. You know, you come along these big grain. It is a spectacular sight, and it really does set Buffalo apart as uh, something unique. You know, it's an experience that you can't get somewhere else. I'm also not in the uh, business. I'm not in the business of anything, really. Uh, But I'm not of the mind to just keep something for the sake of keeping something and if it really does matter to a community you'll find a way to use that for something right you'll find a way to make it worth keeping and that hasn't been done with this or a lot of these grain elevators and structures near the waterfront in Buffalo. And so while I'd like to keep it, I think ideally you keep it and you find a new use for it. You keep that structure and you're able to do a lot inside. It's happened throughout the country. It's happened here in Buffalo and Western New York. I mean, just look at Riverworks. I mean, you can go walk up that grain silo, uh, take a zip line down it, do a whole bunch of other things. There's been communities that have built apartments, condos, hotels inside of a grain silo, a lot of different cool ideas that you can do. But you kind of need to figure it out. Now, I'm not saying that if you can't figure that out right away and there's damage done to it, that you should tear it down because I don't think you tear something like this down unless you have a very concrete plan, no pun intended, on how to replace it. But it is time to have that discussion now that you're staring at a big gaping hole right on the corner of it. Yeah, and, and, you know, and I always come across as the guy that just wants to tear everything down. But because me, that's literally what you say. But let, no, let me let me explain. <laughs> that is what you said, though. What I said was, as I asked him, what what could happen with this building if you make the repairs. How could this building be utilized? As Brian mentioned, if you could utilize this building, if you could put, you know, you see all these buildings that they've, uh, these older buildings that they've kept and they've turned into apartments, hotels, some kind of office building. There's there's obviously potential and the history in the building, you want to keep it on the waterfront. However, I don't, you know, have the, the longest timeline. It has just been sitting there since 81 with nothing going on. Um, I think it's a cool-looking building. I love the history behind it. If they could do something with it, and especially with the four stories on top of it, could they renovate that and make that into something? I think that would be awesome. I think that would be really cool, and it would bring in, as Tim said, people travel. They take pictures in front of it. I think it would be pretty cool if you could go inside it, if you could actually do something at the site. But as it stands right now, Brian, yes, you're right. Um, Instead of doing the repairs, if there's no plans... I don't think it just sitting there does this any good, but you bring up a good point. If you have no plans, then what? it's just going to be an empty space. That That's also a good point. Well, you did say just tear it down. It, it, without context. <laughs> I mean, I, that was your immediate, that was your immediate reaction. Just tear it down already. Tear all of them down. Well, 
<laughs> I, I did say that. But if you have no plans, tear it down, yes. But you know what? Brian, I, I will sit here and admit when I was wrong because I would have said the same thing about the Statler and look what Doug Jamal is doing with the Statler. I would have said the same thing about the Lafayette. Look what uh, Rocco Termini did with the Lafayette. So obviously don't go off of what I'm saying and I haven't learned my lesson from the past. But when I look at something like this, when I hear it hasn't been used for 40 years, when I hear there's no plans to do something with it, I'm sorry, my first reaction is, well, that's nice, it's a nice story, let's tear it down. Yeah, I, I just don't think you go there. Tear it down is your last step. That's your last option. Or well, it's, it's been what 40 you years. do. Uh, it's been 40 years. There's been no, what's the plan for what to do after you tear it down? You tear it down, then there's nothing. Is somebody coming in and building a new structure? Is somebody coming in and using that space for something else right away? No. I mean, well, there's no I, plan for that. I believe when ADM bought it and wanted to tear it down, they wanted to replace it with something they could use. I'm not saying that's beneficial to the community, but there was a plan you with believe, that space. believe, but it hasn't happened. Because and, they've been turned down three times well, to, to, to tear it down. But there hasn't been a good enough reason to take something like this down. You know, the last time we had Tim on this show, we were talking about Volker's Lanes. And he was arguing about the historic value of Volker's Lanes. And that's one where you look at it and you say, all right, it's a nice sign. But at the end of the day, it's a square building on the corner in Buffalo. Right. There is not anything historic about the Volker's Lanes building. That right? I mean, that is it's a square box. That's something that you can tear down. I love I live in the Tonawandas. I love Swistons. I to me that's a historic building. There's a lot of memories in there. If that was God forbid ever sold or you know done something else and somebody wanted to raise the whole area uh, with the now vacant building right next door and make some new structure, actually two vacant buildings next door. You know what? I go ahead. I, as much as I love this, I love the building. There's a lot of great history and memories here. You know, if it's not going to be used for anything, you know, build something else there. There's a difference between a Volker's Lanes or something else that, you know, might be historic, but at the end of the day is just kind of a building, and something like when we're talking about one of these grain elevators, or when you're talking about the Central Terminal, or as you mentioned, uh, the Lafayette, or the Statler Building that has such a prominent place, right uh, on Niagara Square. There's a difference in that's not something you're going to be able to replicate. You know, why don't I think of uh, Volker's Lanes should be uh, preserved for eternity? Because you can build another square, right? I mean, that's <laughs> at the end of the day, you can hang that sign up. You can build another square somewhere. I, that argument doesn't make sense to me. But when you're talking about something that when that's gone – there's nothing that's going to replace it, right? When that's gone, you're not going to build another structure that looks like that. You're not going to build something as impressive as that. And, you know, to top it all off, you're never going to replace something that has the history of that. So before you get into the idea of tear it down, you better have a good reason of why you'd want to tear down a building like that and a solid plan for how you're going to replace that with value that would be equal to the value that that gives. And yes, it is an empty building, but it does 
gives some value. A lot of people have pointed out the boat tours or something that go through the, the Buffalo River, kind of pointing through the history of the area, the pictures, the uniqueness that it gives the city. And these are all added value. It's like when we talk about the bills in the stadium. You know, people like to talk about money. Well, it's, you know, okay, $27 million a year in value, but that doesn't capture the real value, right? It's not the added value of um, be- making Buffalo an NFL city, of being unique, of giving people something to talk about or do. Uh, You know, just talking about it as a vacant building doesn't really encapsulate the value that it gives your region. There is value in holding on to your history. Just ask Tim Clark, why are uh, these movies, Nightmare Alley, you see the commercials on TV, why was that filmed in Buffalo? Because you were one of the few who kept some of these older buildings that make great locations uh, for movies, for things like that. So there is some value in keeping it, but you kind of have to come up with a way to make sure this doesn't happen in the first place. No. Like I said, I would like something to be done because you're right. People like to do the boat tours by it. There's a lot of history. I mean, the building's been there since 1897. And you know what? I'm glad I was wrong about Statler. I'm glad I was wrong about the Lafayette. Those are awesome structures, and Rocco Termini and um, – Doug Jamal have done an awesome job. Doug Jamal is continuing to do an awesome job with the Statler. I was by it on Thanksgiving. It looks awesome. Maybe Doug Jamal could take, uh, could get the uh, grain elevator. I'm sure something great would happen. I'm just saying from what I'm looking at right now, but as I pointed out, I've been wrong in the past, and I hope I'm wrong about this and that something can be done. It can be reused, and uh, we could have both a usable building and the uh, historic grain elevator still there. I hope we can have the best of both worlds, Brian. Yeah, well, you need to come up with a plan because now it's your turning point. Because now yes. it's it's either I, going I one, of, one of two ways. You're either going to keep this and you need to find a way to make this viable or you might have to come up with a way to put something else in its place. If it is crumbling to the ground and nobody's fixing it up, what is the solution to that? Somebody chimed in on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, 803-0930, if you want to call in or send us a note. Uh, somebody saying they agree with you, out with the old, in with the new. Now, here's the problem with that. Well, you're, you're half there because what you're saying is out with the old. But there's no plan for in with the new. There, there's and no in with I, the new. I see that point. If right. it was out with the old, in with the new... I would be more apt to agree with you. Don't on spend this money point. on tearing it down if you have nothing to put there. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. That's where I'm coming from. I don't from. disagree with that. Uh, let's go to John. John, you're on WBEN. How's it going today? Hey, good morning, B team. <laughs> Thank you, John. Good morning to you. <laughs> hey, um, so I grew up in South Buffalo and in that Seneca Casanova area that you probably know about. Um, very, very famous. There's, there were a lot of buildings there that were wood, and one building was the Seneca Shays Theater, and it did burn down to a certain degree, and they kept majority of it, and they and then they kept it, and then they it was I, I remember in the 70s it was like a karate studio, they had like a, a five and dime store in there and stuff like that. And now um, the, um, there, there's one banquet facility, I'm not going to say their name, but they have uh, they, uh, facilitated it, and it looks unbelievable in there. You know, and so they kept the, they kept the building. So that's one thing 
in and you know that uh that you know our community held on to and they reconstructed it and the other in contrast is the uh the Frank Lloyd Wright administration administrative building um that the Larkin company actually brought Frank Lloyd Wright in to actually um build you know construct not construct but uh design uh, the building and back in the 30s and then it was ripped down in the late 50s early 60s and it was so despicable and i i remember my mother used to talk about it all the time and you know how beautiful it is and that's the larkin square area now and it the larkin administrative uh building is no longer there so you, you know you rip these things down and it's no longer there we don't we don't have the opportunity, you know, to, you know, appreciate these things. Sometimes once they're ripped down, they're ripped down. Hey, uh, yeah. appreciate the call, Thanks, John. John. I, that last point is why I would be hesitant to remove this because once it's gone, there's no replacing it. I, I think that's the greatest point made about the central terminal. While we still sit here and try to figure out a way to reuse it, uh, why you don't rip it down you know, even if they said, all right, we uh, Bill Stadium, we have it. We're going to place it right where the central terminal is. I, I would say, whoa, whoa, whoa. The central, you walk through that building, you are never replacing it. I, I mean, you're never going to spend the money to build something as magnificent as that. And while it is in a total state of disrepair, at some point you, you kind of have faith, right, that somebody's going to come along and you'll find a way to use that great asset. That you have, right? It's it's like why you keep um, like uh, baseball cards, you know, stacked yeah. in a closet somewhere. It's like you know, I this might seem worthless now, but someday, you know, something's going to come along, and there's going to be a reason why I held on to this. And maybe it's all wishful thinking, uh, but it, it seems better than the alternative, which is to toss it away, and then y- you have nothing. Yeah, I mean, but if they put the stadium there, the third down sounder would make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could but, uh, have a little reason for your train whistle. But there is there is hope, Brian, because you look around Buffalo, there are a lot of places. We've mentioned some of them. I, I also look at the Hotel Henry, which is in the, uh, the old... Um, I forgot the name of it, but they re- refurbished that into a hotel. So we- we've had some great uh, people come in here and refurbish things so we were able to keep the history but also use the building. So there is hope that that can happen. We- we've seen it all throughout the city, uh, especially the-, the years leading up to the pandemic. Hopefully this is an example of it. I'm – somebody's pointing out, right, uh, not everything old is historic. And that's entirely true. And, and that's why when we were talking about a few months ago – the, the Volkers Lanes and why I was uh, 100% in the camp of, hey, let's let these people tear it down and do what they want with the space is because you do have to have that mindset because I think standing behind everything, which some people do, and we all have those voices in the community and we all hear those refrains, if you stand by absolutely everything, then your point, it's like the boy who cried wolf, uh, right? Yes, yeah. It, it, everything can't be historic. But there are a few things that might be worth standing for, and these grain silos do give a, a really unique feel 
to Buffalo. Uh, somebody's chiming in about uh, something I, I mentioned. I couldn't think of exactly what it was, but uh, the Quaker Hilton Hotel in Akron, Ohio. That's where they used former grain silos and built a hotel. All the rooms around the main floor has, you know, kind of a place where you can go, even if you're not in the hotel. It's really, a really cool. cool. It's a really cool area. Now, that's not to say that every grain silo can be made into a hotel or right. something like that. It's not to say that every grain silo can, you know, house uh, tanks of beer like they do at Riverworks. Uh, but there has to be some sort of use for it. Or I, if you're going to keep it just to keep it, uh, let's come up with a plan. And, and that should be on the city. That should not be on uh, ADM. Right, that should not be on the the people who own it to say, hey, they didn't buy this with the idea that, hey, we're going to buy this and then never be allowed to do anything with it. Right. Um, if you really want to keep it, then that's a community investment that you'd have to decide if people actually want. And by the way, speaking of ADM, they had requested to tear it down in '91, '93, and '03. Um, obviously, the city um, denying all three times. So they had. I don't know if they had plans or just wanted the building gone, but they have made that request. They own it. Um, obviously, there's a few things that could be done if the city wants to take that building and do something with it. All right. Uh, sorry we didn't get to more of the calls, but apparently we're out of time today. That last segment flew sorry by. Sorry to Jim, too. Uh, but uh, we'll be back tomorrow here. BMAS and Beamer on WBEM. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.